Hey, what's going on? It's Ryan Woods. This is the End of the Woods podcast for uh, episode 74, Emmett Golden, E. Goldie 80 of ESPN Cleveland, ESPN Radio. Uh, one of the smartest, funniest people in radio. Um, a humble guy, somebody that's helped me more than I could know, more than he'll ever know, uh, with, his, with his hard work, dedication. And we'll talk about that, and you'll find more out about him. Uh, it was fun. I'm glad he gave me the time he did. He said he only had 20 minutes. He gave me 30 uh, what a great guy. So let's get into it. This is Emmett Golden, eGoldie80. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Use code INTO at manscaped.com, I-N-T-O, for 20% off and free shipping. Don't forget to do that. Uh, it'll really help me out, support the page, support the podcast, and uh, really make me happy. So unless you want me to come on here and be sad every week, uh, please do that. So that'll be it. Uh, for the podcast this week, a little interview for you. It's not just me rambling and bambling. We talk about a lot of things. So thank you so much, uh, Emmett. Thank you so much to the listeners. And let's get into it. What we do here is go back, 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 back. So today I have a special guest. I have Emmett Golden, ESPN Cleveland, ESPN Radio National. We got a big timer. (laughs) Eagle the 80. If you go on Twitter, you'll find out he hates Baker Mayfield. He doesn't know anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He doesn't know anything. (laughs) People get on him for everything. Uh, Overall, I think he's probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I have to start by showing you this photo we took together. Four years ago, over four years ago. I don't know if you'll remember wow. this. So let's see if I can get it. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, absolutely, I do remember that. I remember uh, that picture. I didn't remember it was four years ago though. Yeah, it was 2016. Mike, I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, I gotta take this picture. We gotta leave our seats, and she's like, Why? I'm like, I got, I gotta take this picture with this guy. She's like, Who? I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's from the radio. She's like, The radio. And I'm like, Yeah, he's from the radio. So <laughs> she didn't understand. She took the picture. She was a trooper. Still with that same girl. So that's how you know. Nice, nice. Yeah. So you picked a winner. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how now? You just want to tell people what you do and what that uh, and what that entails, really. What you, what all you do? Yeah, I um I host uh, from Monday through Friday a show called The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland with Gerard Cherry and Matt Fontana. Um, on Saturdays, I host a show called Primetime on ESPN Radio with Dallin Cuff. And then Sunday, I do the Browns postgame show, excuse me, with, uh, with Aaron Goldhammer. So I'm on the radio a lot. <laughs> That's pretty much so- what I do. I talk a lot for a living. I'll tell about one thing about radio I found out by starting this, this podcast. The one thing I found out was it's not as easy to put together content as I thought it was. And I think, and I think when people come at you guys on the radio, especially, I don't think they understand the work. Like how long your, your show with Gerard is three hours. Yes. Every single, every single weekday. And I don't think people realize like how, much content that is especially on like a slow thursday 
Like, what are you going to talk about for three hours? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, put like this, like I get the show starts at three. I get to work at like 11, 1130, you know, and start working on the show um, for whatever I didn't, you know, kind of throw in the hopper the evening before, you know, because um, I always tell people, they go like, when do you prepare for your show? And I go 24 hours a day, seven days a week yeah. like at all times because everything can be content, um, you know, if. I always point to the, I remember I was on the elevator and I saw um, a guy take the elevator up one floor and <laughs> we did like a half an hour on it. Like, is he lazy? You know, do you do that? Do you, you know, you could just walk up the yeah. stairs, you know, um, and it's stuff like that on days when there isn't a lot of sports to talk. Um, thank God we got sports back, but you know, for a while when coronavirus really kicked up and there weren't any sports, uh, it's tough because you have to come up with something that people want to hear about, want to interact with, you know, um, and it got to, it has to be good. It has to be relatable, yeah. you know? Um, so it, it's a lot harder than people think, but I, I, I get it. it. It sounds easy. You yeah. just talk. Right. So I totally get it. Yeah. By this point, I feel like when I first started doing this, I remember sitting down, I started this in July of last year. So 2019, I remember I bought the microphone. I was like, I'm just going to turn this on and I'm going to have, I have all these things to say. And I remember rip, I had this notepad and I ripped through everything in 10 minutes and I mm -hmm. wanted to do, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do 45. And I said, I am screwed. I have nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. It, it helps when you're, you know, when you're with someone, but when you're alone, um, this is the thing. I think people don't understand how long a minute is. Oh no. You know, most people go like a minute, like five minutes, who cares? I could do that. I um, I don't know if you ever heard me tell the story before, but once I was on a panel at um, at the Ohio Media School, where I obviously went, yeah. and we were, it was like a Q&A, and then uh, there were probably eight people that were going to go in the studio. They had to give a two-minute monologue, basically, and whoever we judged won, they got like a show, you know, on, um, on the Ohio Media School's internet radio sure, station. Sure. So I was talking to this one, one guy, he was 18, young dude. And he's like, I do this. This is what I do. It's <laughs> nothing. I talk sports. I know everything about sports. And I, I said, Hey, you might be the man. You might be the man. I said, it's different when you get in front of a microphone though, and you realize how many people are listening. It's, it's just different. And he was like, oh man, it's what I do. I'm built for this. And I said, <laughs> okay, maybe you are, you know, like I'm, I'm never going to tell someone like, you can't do something, sure. right? Um, because I'm sure there's people that thought I couldn't do what I did. So I'd never tell people they can't do something. I just was like, all right, man, cool. So he goes in to do his two minutes and he says, hey, can someone ask me questions? And I <laughs> yeah. immediately was like, well, strike one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, okay, because you're supposed to just talk for two minutes. Yeah. And if you do this, it should be easy. But I, you know, I was like, okay, let's, let's listen. And again, it was just supposed to be two minutes. He lost his train of thought four times. Oh my gosh. And he walked back in the room pouring sweat. And there was probably 15 people listening. Oh. And I just looked at him. I said, it's different, isn't it? And he's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm like, I know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that easy. Uh, you can learn to do it for sure. And some people are better than others, but it's completely different. Uh, there's no question about that. He had the Ray, he had the Ray Farmer just sweat being down. Oh man, pouring sweat, <laughs> pouring sweat. He was a bigger guy, and he had so much confidence. And then when he turned that microphone on, like I said, it's different. And I, I went can't on, explain it. Yeah, I went on to last year, like 
Aaron had done, remember when he was doing the thing to come down for the football show on Friday, mm-hmm. I came down and I remember like sitting in there and whatever. And they had, and I was sitting there and it's those four and obviously, or those three. And it was professionals like Tony, Tony and, and Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and just thinking to myself, like when I press this button, I'm going to go to every single radio phone. And it's like nerve wracking in the minute, in the moment. It's like tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Like that's really what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like even on a, like if nobody's listening, there's probably 8,000 people listening, yeah. you know, and that's like nobody listening. So it is, you're like, whoa. You and know? No, <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew who I, like, it's not like I had like some, nobody knew who I was. Like I, I didn't go in there like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to listen to this guy, but I was just nervous. I remember telling people when I left, like the next week at work, I remember just being like, you don't understand. Like you sit down in front of a microphone and, and you sound stupid when you think you're, you think you're smart until you start talking into a microphone and hear yourself back. Or even you have a clear thought in oh, your yeah. head, but by the time it gets to your mouth, it's all jumbled. Yeah. You know, because I remember like when I first started and I remember I had an opportunity to work with Riz one day and I probably, I was still part-time, part-timer. And I was like, all right, this is great. I probably said four words, you know, <laughs> because I'm just sitting there like, all right, I, I, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to piss Riz off, right? I don't yeah. want to say something stupid to him to go like, nah, you're never going to, you know, be on yeah. the show again, you know? Um, so I, I was incredibly nervous. You know, I, um, when I do my local shows, I don't get nervous anymore because I've done them so yeah. many times. My national shows, I don't really have, I'm not as nervous as I used to be. Like I used to, yeah. like the night before, like, am I, I got to make sure I know everything. I got to make sure I know everything we're going to talk about because I don't want to sound stupid, you know, in front of the whole country. Um, and, and, you know, it eases up the more you do it. Yeah. I, so the national show, I remember you filled in for Freddie Coleman, mm-hmm. like when you first started doing that national show and I started liking radio. Like I didn't listen to 850 when I was like, you know, when I first started driving is when I started listening to radio because, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody listens to radio unless they're in the car, right? <laughs> right yeah. I totally get it. Like, so, radio, that's what they do. So I remember driving home and I would be coming home from work. I used to work at uh, Chick-fil-A when I, at night. So it'd be like 11 o'clock and, and Freddie was on and he had this like, he had this great voice. He like knew everything. He was so good at it. And I was like, I want to do what this guy does. But then I didn't realize how hard it was till I started doing it or listening to other people. I'm like, not everybody's as good as, as Freddie is. So I, I know you have a uh, mutual respect for him too. Um, no doubt. What was the craziest thing? I mean, it's such a cliche question, but what was the craziest thing you ever remember doing on live radio? Like, what was the one thing where you're like, I really shouldn't have said that? Like, right when you started. Um, Like, that was dumb. It it wasn't something I said. It was a song I played um, (laughs) for bumper music. I was running the board for Kenny Rhoda, and me and Rhoda loved Billy Ocean. Right. So I would always play Billy Ocean songs whenever I worked with Kenny. So one day, and this was when the Jerry Sandusky stuff was going down. Oh boy. And 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 I'm not paying attention, like I'm paying attention, but I'm not thinking about what I'm about to do. And Rhoda kind of teases, like, you know, we're gonna talk about all the stuff going on at Penn State, like it's so crazy. Well, I come back with the Billy Ocean song, Lover Boy. <laughs> right and I you know played it didn't think about it and the phone started ringing 
you know, and I slid over and answered the phone, like, hey, yeah. you know, KNR, who's this? And this guy was on there. He was like, I cannot believe you would play a song like that. You think you're funny. That's not funny. Those <laughs> kids were abused. And I said, oh, I'm so, I said, sir, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't, that I, that's not why I played that song. It didn't even click. I'm so sorry. And he was like, you should know better, like reprimanded me. And he yeah, had yeah. every right to, like he yeah. was in the right, you know? <laughs> and I just apologized. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Um, and he, you know, he kind of like, was like, all right, I think he realized I really made, you know, I made a yeah, mistake, yeah. but that's the thing where I was. And it also helped me understand like how powerful microphones are, you know, and speakers yeah. are that if you do something, um, that could be it, you know, it could yeah. be your career, you know, if you say the wrong thing, but that I learned a lot that day. I know when I started doing this, people were like, what do you talk about? And I'm like, well, like, do you just say anything? Cause I mean, when you're, if we were just in person, like we would say whatever, and you can kind of have conversations like kind of free flowing and whatever. And we won't like, we wouldn't judge each other. I'm not saying crazy stuff, but I'm like, I can't go on there right. and just, I can't go on here and just start talking, you know, crazy. I can't just talk well, like it, it. It depends on um, who you want your audience to be and who correct. you want to be known as. You know, yeah. like you know, if you can be um, a shock jock or somebody yeah, that shock does jock. say that, and, and that's you know the audience that you're looking for. You're looking for people, um, you know, that's gonna want to consume that stuff but at the same time you gotta ask yourself like do i want to be known as the guy that says outrageous things because there's another group of people in the media that's going to look and be like oh this this you know guy or gal yeah. whatever you know like they're not serious yeah they're not um, going to respect so, you with that right right so it really is a it's, it's kind of a personal thing i know some people that say outlandish stuff and they don't care uh <laughs> what people think about it it's kind of their hook um, you know, but to each his own, if, if yeah. you can find success with it, you know, <laughs> go ahead and do it. The, the craziest thing I think about radio is the amount of time, like we talked about it, where you spend all day thinking about it and all day like prepping. And I even started doing that with this, where I like look around, and I have to be observant because you have mm -hmm. to come up with stuff and you just think. And I remember people saying like, how, how many notes do you have? And I was like, you can go through my phone. I just have these notes that are pages and pages long. And I don't think people understand because like you said, you can sit down and you can talk about things with your friends and when people are bouncing ideas off each other, but to like plan out something and have segments and questions and things like that, I think it's really tough. And I don't think people, and like you said, they'll come on here and they'll sort of crazy stuff just to get reactions, which is fine, like a shock jock. But I don't think people mm -hmm. understand the, the effort level that goes in. And I mean, you obviously know, but it makes sense to us, but other people wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an art, like it yeah. really is. And, you know, um, not trying to sound cheesy or highbrow or anything like that, but it really is an art, you know, um, I remember one day I compared, um, hosting, like, like going, like doing a local show and then doing a national show. And I think I compared that to like Baker going from like college to the pros and someone was like, Oh Jesus, like what you guys do is not the same thing. And I was like, of course not. Yeah. Um, but like, it is a step, you know, um, when you go from one level to another. And, and when you do this, a lot of times you try to share your personal experiences because they're relatable and you hope that there's somebody, you know, and they go, oh, I remember doing that when I was managing this restaurant. Yeah. I had, uh, you know, I got, you know, I, I just went from whatever to now I'm manager and it was a big jump for me. It doesn't necessarily have to be apples to apples. Sometimes it can be apples to oranges, but if you can make it a, an, an 
in the ARPM, you know, <laughs> you can kind of compare the two to make up a word, uh, then it then it works. But um, it can be hard, but it's a lot of fun too. You know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Do you, you brought up Baker and I'm going to talk, I don't want to spend too much time talking sports because you did that all day. <laughs> but I see you, you say the most common sense things about Baker, right? Like you right. say, like he misses throws and he's bad here. I think a, a normal person would say, you're right, right. I mean, he's not perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. But people come after you in a way I haven't seen online. Like they come after you and they say, cra- it's not even like coming after you for your sports take. They're coming after you, mm-hmm. just coming at like, you and saying crazy like stuff. I get, like I got cursed out like, uh, like Monday um, for something that I said. Like, listen, I, I watched the game. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the game like a member of the media, but at the same time, like a fan, right? right. And if I see Miles Garrett um, on a third in inches get to the quarterback and grab his face mask, I'm going to tweet like, come on, Miles, you can't yeah. do that. So when I see Baker Mayfield missing open receiver, I tweet, come on, man, you can't do that. And then it goes way left. Yeah. <laughs> it way left. It's like, oh, he, you think he sucks and you want him, the Browns to cut him. No, you know, no. Um, you know, I had some guy like you just want to run Baker out of town. Like I've ne- never one time have I ever said that Baker should not be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I think never, you know, but you 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 critique his ability yeah. and people take it and run with it. I think that's the craziest thing about people in the sports media. They think that somehow you have the power to make franchise decisions. Like you're like when LeBron was here and everyone did we're like we were so afraid to talk bad about LeBron. Like when he wasn't trying, admittedly, he kind of threw in the towel early in that 2018 season. He wasn't trying. He wanted to get people to get traded. He wasn't happy. We all knew that. But you mm-hmm. say that on the radio, people are like, "You're gonna drive him out of town." Like, no, he's gonna leave if like, he's no, gonna leave. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not that powerful. I don't yeah. want to be that powerful. Yeah. You know, um, and I've interviewed, you know, Andrew Barry a few times, but he's never called me and been like, hey, Emmett, what should I do with this roster? Um, and I'm sure he never would. No. You know, look, I'm, I'm just some dude talking on the radio. Um, and yeah, do I have like more access to players? Sure. Yeah, my perspective and my insight may be different uh, because of the relationships around teams and stuff um, that I have. But at the same time, like I'm, I think that's that's the, the the biggest problem is when I'm tweeting, I'm tweeting as a, like a fan. To right. be honest with you, a lot of you know people in the media, they're like, "Oh, here's the score and here's my analysis of the yeah. play." No, when I'm on Twitter, I'm tweeting like a fan because I am a fan. Um, I do my best to be you know objective, and when I can't be, I call out myself for being biased, uh, and that's this is just all I could do. But I think that's what it is, that people kind of misconstrue that, like, oh, this is your analysis. It's like, no, this is my reaction when your quarterback misses a guy wide open in the end zone, you know? Yeah. I think people have this weird – I think, obviously, if you say something, and I say something right now, if I said Baker sucks, I don't think so. But if I said that, he's not going to hear that. Like, it's not going to get back to him as easily as it might get back to him if you say it. So, I mean, obviously, you're not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, that's the access you have. It's not like they're calling you and saying, like, does Baker right. suck? It's like, no, it doesn't matter. There's also the checks and balances that kind of keeps, you know, keeps people under control because, like, with this, not so much with the Browns, but with the Cavs and the Indians, especially before Corona, 
Like I walk in the clubhouse, I'm in right. the locker room. So if I'm out here going, Kevin loves a bum, Kevin love this and that. Well, I got to walk in there and talk to Kevin love after the game. And if Kevin knows what I'm doing on the air, then, then he may not answer my questions or right. might not be as polite to me. Um, you still have to be honest, but most of these guys understand, like they know when they've had a bad game. So <laughs> yeah. you saying they had a bad game doesn't offend them at all. If you take personal shots, of course, they don't like it. And I don't think people should take personal shots, but that's the checks and balances is like you, you have to, not everybody, but me personally, like I have to go in those rooms and talk to those players. So I got to be mindful of what I say when I'm on the radio. So I remember a story, it was uh, Jackie McMullen. So I want you to tell the NBA all-star game story after this story that you got okay. in the all-star game party story. You got oh, party. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> okay. the all-star game. So Jackie McMullen, the all-star game story is great, but Jackie McMullen was doing a story on Kevin Garnett right when he got to Boston and she, she does like, you know, she writes for the NBA and all that stuff. And she was in Boston and Kevin Garnett gets there. He's obviously aggressive and just obnoxious with his, you know, preparation. She walks in and tries to get a question from him in the locker room and he's just sitting there. He turns around, snaps at her. He said, she said she pushed the P, he pushed the PR guy because he couldn't obviously push her and said, mm -hmm. if she ever gets in here again, I swear to God. And he was obviously just getting ready for the game. And right. so the next day, Jackie goes and challenges him and is like, hey, man, I didn't mean to you know, mess with you or anything. He's like, you know, I was just getting ready for the game, like whatever, blah, blah. And I was like, that's the kind of <laughs> access like we don't get as fans, <laughs> like where mm -hmm. she goes in yeah. there and just tries to be nice. And he freaks out. And I think that's so crazy that, you know, you guys, you see him at their, it's like getting ready for any game. It's just so crazy. Yeah, it's, I, I call it like you see them in their natural habitat, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how it is. You truly see them in their element, yeah. what they do, you know, um, and it is a little, it, it, it's a little weird, you know, if you yeah. ever experience, um, it is that uh, the all-star game story when I was 17, <laughs> and the all-star game was in cleveland a friend of mine won four tickets to the all-star party from like Foot Locker, <laughs> and we didn't know what it was you right know? um so we get a ride down to the rock and roll hall of fame we're not even i mean we're dressed like what we think is cool at 17 yeah but not like <laughs> what year what year was it 97 97 okay 97 yeah but not like how everybody else was because <laughs> it was it literally was the official nba all-star game after party yeah it's it crazy really was that we walk in and i'm looking around and i'm like we're the youngest people here and 112 and left eye and all these people are performing and we have all access passes you know yeah. so we're just kind of wandering around and um, we get to like the second level and I see uh, this guy from the Lost Boys. Um, I think it was Mr. Cheeks or something was his name. <laughs> and he's like, and he's smoking a joint, right. you know, and I'm looking like, what is he doing? You know, and then my friend's like, well, he's like a rapper. Like nobody's going to say anything to him. I'm like, you can't do that, you know, and because um, I'm naive, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I see, nice, a security, yeah. Yeah, I see a security guard walk up and, and tap him and go, hey, man you know, you got to put that out. So he like flicks it down on the ground and he, you know, I see Crushes the fire it. on the ground and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. Dude walks away. 
he does like this. He just knocked the fire off oh. <laughs> and, and and stepped on it and kept the joint in his hand. And then dude walked away. He lit it up again. And I was like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> then, I, then we keep walking and I'm standing there and I'm looking around, just blown away by all this. We have no business, no business yeah. being in this party. We don't even have any money. You know, like we couldn't even <laughs> buy a pop or a drink or anything. We couldn't even drink. Did somebody anything. drop you off or did you take like something down there? No, someone dropped us off, um, like a friend, a friend of ours that had a car dropped us off. Um, so I'm standing there and I'm looking around and like Puff Daddy taps me on the shoulder and he's like, excuse me, man, we're trying to take a picture. And I look and it's like 112 and P. Diddy, like trying to take a picture with some girls and stuff. And I'm like, man, what is going on? So that's like the whole night. And at the end of the night, it's like 2.30 in the morning. We don't have a ride home. So we're like, we're going to catch the bus home. And no, first, like, we're going to get a taxi. And all my friends wanted to catch the bus because it would be cheaper. And I'm like, dude, actually, I had $30 in my pocket. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're bond. Yeah, you're bond compared yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah, I had 30 bucks in my pocket. And they were like, let's get a, a taxi, though, because we were waiting forever for the bus. So a taxi pulls up. We get in. They see a bus pull up. They all jump off. They're like, come on, man. Come on. I said, dude, just give me a ride home, man. Like, yeah. I'll pay you, you know, whatever. I don't care. And he gave me a ride home, you know, and that was kind of the end of the, the night. But my friends on Monday, when I saw him at school, they said, we jumped off and ran away. That was the wrong bus. <laughs> <laughs> so they said they said and it was cold that night i mean yeah. sharif abdul rahim uh yeah. in a limo it was an amazing night. it was such a good good time the vetting process for those tickets is was horrible by the way yeah right we had no business <laughs> being there so uh i know you said we don't have much time but i'm gonna ask you one more question what is the craziest uh phone call you've ever gotten on the radio that ever like just blew your mind that you couldn't believe it was real and then the second thing Craziest thing you've ever seen at a live radio event? Wow, like craziest call um, I've ever got. <laughs> it actually probably was like the birth of Stan. You know, if anybody uh, listens to yeah. RBS, um, they know Stan. And Stan actually started, excuse me, it's fine. as a uh, as a Golden Boys caller. I remember this. I was listening to yeah. Golden Boys. Uh, the story is the reason I know Emmett so well, I feel like I know Emmett so well is that I listened to the golden boys. I had this class that ended at three fifteen my first year of college and I would turn on the radio on my computer and sit in the, the Hiram Holden center mm -hmm. or the Lakeland <laughs> Holden center and just listen to you guys talk for two hours. And I thought it was so funny. Yeah. I listened to Stan and he would, people hated. you either love Stan or hate Stan. Mm -hmm. And right. <laughs> the Chris Spielman bit is still the funniest thing ever. Also the funniest thing ever, you know? So, <laughs> Uh, this is before Stan was Stan and he calls and um and Aaron like the day before like gave him a shout out or something like that <laughs> so Stan calls and he's hammered yeah he goes he just starts right off we go it's Stan in Brooklyn he goes thank you hammer yeah. thank you Aaron like he didn't even get my name right like he just said hammer twice basically thank you ESPN he goes uh, you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm just sick and tired of the bull, beep, right? Yeah. And we're like, oh, what are you doing? Um, and we dumped him, and then it turned into this whole, like, he couldn't call for a week or something like that. That was, like, the craziest thing. And I've had a bunch of calls. Jay and Lakeshore, if you've ever heard him call, usually says some wild stuff. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes, you know, I had some guy call one day when it was right after Baker said he like would kneel for the anthem, right? Yeah. Um, some, like right after Baker says that, and we weren't even talking about it. Some guy calls and he's like, hey, you think Baker Mayfield ever seen all the dead bodies from Pearl Harbor? Oh, my God. And we're like, like what? Like where? Like literally? Like we're like me and Gerard are talking about like holes in your socks or something yeah. like that. And then or how many we pairs of underwear Gerard takes to the yeah, uh, yeah whatever yeah, yeah on vacation? And we're talking about that, and he dropped that on us. So those were the wildest things. Um, then the craziest thing I ever saw, like you know, maybe at a listener um, event. I mean, it's it's tough because I've never seen anything too crazy. Sure. You know, for the most part. Um, and I love those events because we actually get to spend some time with people who listen all the time. And like, um, we don't, you know, we don't see the faces, right? Because right. we're sitting on the microphone. So we, we know people are listening, but we don't really get a chance to thank them personally or spend some time with them. Um, so when we get those opportunities, I'll say this, there was, um, and nothing crazy happened, but we were at a camping trip and Gerard doesn't drink. Like Gerard sure. doesn't really drink. Once in a blue moon, he might have some type of fruity drink. And there was somebody down there that's like, hey, Gerard, try this. And he's like, is it alcohol in it? And they're like, yeah, just a little bit. And he's, t- he's like, oh, man, this is good. It tastes fruity. This is my kind of thing. Now, this is like at 6 o'clock, right? Because <laughs> we had just get off the air. And, um, and, you know, he drinks like he has like three of them in like maybe 45 minutes. Because he's like, man, it's so good. He just kept drinking them. And then it hits about 7.30. And I'm like, where's Gerard at? <laughs> where's Gerard? And I go into one of the campers, and he is sitting at a table destroying this steak. Like, I mean, <laughs> killing this steak. Like, and he's eating, and he's just looking at me with this smile on his face. And I'm like, I've never seen him drunk before, you know? And I'm like, he's obviously hammered right now. Um, I'm like, you all right? And he's like, mm-hmm, he's killing this steak. <laughs> So I go back outside. Next thing I know, like I said, it's like nine o'clock. And I'm like, I haven't seen Dryden forever. He went to bed at like 745. <laughs> like he went to bed at 745 and slept all night. It was crazy. The uh, You should brought up Aaron. I had that I wanted to talk about before you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron gets a lot of hate online, a lot of hate on the radio. The Kathy Griffin is the funniest thing ever. When somebody right. calls, you can talk about Kathy Griffin and the sound check. Right. Uh, I think Aaron does this so well. I think people fall for it a lot. I've met Aaron in person. Like he, I went to one of the post-game shows back when the Browns weren't winning any games. And he was he does this bit where like he's kind of like angry all the time. Right? Like, you know, he kind of does the contrarian thing. And it works out well for ratings. People tune in to see what he's going to say. Like that's why he's so good. Right. And I think people right. fall for it every time, and it just gives him the steam, and he keeps building it up and does it so often. Yeah. I've always said, like, Aaron, and I mean this, like, with a great deal of respect, is an antagonist. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and he knows how to do it. Like, Aaron is who he is on the air. But, like, off the air, like, Aaron is – I consider Aaron a friend. Aaron has kind of taught me things that um, are core principles in my belief of how to do radio, how to be a reporter and stuff like that. He's extremely smart crazy talented has so many ideas um when we when we went to vegas and he was in the uh we were all in the poker tournament i said aaron's gonna win this 
And everybody's like, no, no, he's not. I said, no, he is, because he thinks about everything. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So while everybody, like, he's looking at the car, like, trust me. And I think he came in, like, second or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, everybody has their role, right? The homer and the hater, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously, Riz is Mr. Cleveland, and you got to put a balance um, to that. And Aaron does a great job with it, but he does get such a bad rap. But really, people are just falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, they they every if they fall for it, they call, and he gets the interaction. And I I'm like, they're mm-hmm. doing it again. Like whenever I see him tweet out something, you know, I'm like, that's gonna be that's gonna be hot. Right. Like whatever he right. <laughs> like whatever he says, because yeah. I know what it is. I know what it is. Like I met him, so I know. Like he's just doing like you know he's nice enough. I'm like, all right, he's not doesn't right. mean that, and he's just right. being what he should be. Um, right. You know, I think the reason I really want to talk to you was you do such a great job. Uh, I do. I have this like quote that is so silly, but you live by it. You got to do the job before you get the job. Mm-hmm. When you told the story yes. about, uh, you know, you used to work these crazy hours, drive back and forth to Columbus to do the Ohio State show. You started working for the Cavs when LeBron left the first time. They gave you the beat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that right. sounds like such a crappy nobody job. Nobody else has wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but you took the job and I was like, yeah. that's such a great thing to live by. And like, you kind of taught me that in a way, not to get sappy on you. But, like, you kind of mm-hmm. taught me that, like, all right, everyone wants to, you know, grow up. You go to college and you get a job, right? But you don't just walk into six figures or whatever it is. You got to earn the money. You got to earn the no, job first. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and I appreciate that. It's, you know, when, when you pop up on the radio, people are like, oh, it's your first day of work. Right. No. No. <laughs> no. No. It's not like you've been working for years before you even knew who the hell I was. Yeah. Like you know, when you were calling the other shows, I was the guy answering the phone. Yeah. You know, putting you on. Like you said, driving up and down seventy-one twice a week. Sometimes staying in Columbus for forty-five minutes for a press conference and, and coming right. back up. Um, it was a grind, and it is a grind. Much of life is a grind. I, I always tell you know, I tell my boys like. Uh, there's nothing of value that's easy to get. Right. Right. There's nothing about oh, diamonds are expensive. Why? Because they're valuable. So they're not easy to get. And there are certain occupations that are, they're, they're great to have and they're not easy to get and you got to work. You can do it. Like I, yeah. I, I don't put anything past anybody, but you got to pay your dues and put your head down and keep grinding. So I, I live by that. I'm having some success now and I'm not going, I'm not, like I still think that right. way. Like I um I used to listen to a song called Forever in a Day by Big Crit when I started, like when I was an intern and a part-timer. And when days were hard and they was grinding, and I was just like, man, this is so hard. I would listen to that song. And when and now to this day, whenever something good happens to me in my um in my career, I listen to that song. Yeah. To put me right back, you know, in that place. So I appreciate you saying that. I uh, really appreciate it, but it is so true. You got to do the yeah. job before you get it. I uh, when I started, I bought this microphone. This is my second microphone because the first one sucked. But I bought this. I started doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, t- I told people I was doing it, and like, how many listeners do you get? And I remember getting the first two episodes. They were horrible episodes. It was just me rambling. Right? It's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's it's like they should never have been posted. But I was like, I'm never gonna learn if I just sit at home and watch. Yeah, you got to just yeah. do it right. Like this is gonna <laughs> suck. Like this is gonna be horrible. And, you know, I email people. I'm like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Like, who are you? And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, you don't know how many PR people I've talked to that just brush me off and just throw me aside. Mm -hmm. A lot of empty emails. But they, but I remember I was like, I'm not going to turn this microphone. They're like, oh, you only get three, four listeners. I'm like, well, 
yeah, I'm not Joe Rogan. Like I'm not, I, don't, yeah, <laughs> I didn't right, turn this on. Right, I didn't right. turn this on and become the best, you know, podcaster, comedian, whatever I think I'm going to be. Like it's all evolved over time. And now it's, it's growing, mm-hmm. you know, enough to where I'm like, you know, this is getting pretty good and I'm getting views and stuff, but it's hard work that I haven't quit doing because I like doing it and you have to do it. Right. Right. And the best thing is that you like doing it. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like work. You know, no. if it feels like work, then it probably ain't the thing to be doing, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially this because you starting out, you know, there isn't, isn't any money in it in some cases. I mean, I worked for, I was an intern for like a year and I didn't get paid at all. Um, and even when I was a part-timer, I was barely getting yeah. paid, you know, so, but it's fun and it's yeah. something that like, if you love it, ain't hard, it ain't hard to stick with it. Well, I just, I just got the first, I mean, before you go, I just got the first, uh, ad sponsorship for this podcast i had to beg uh manscaped to work with me that's awesome yeah bro. yeah <laughs> like that's great that's awesome you know I remember, it's funny i actually had somebody like hey do you want to endorse manscaped and i was like sure i don't care never came through so you have an endorsement that yeah. I, Look at that. <laughs> I got the t-shirt on they sent me the t-shirt nice. i'll take all that's the free awesome. stuff i remember going to the oh, radio yeah. station with you guys and i remember seeing all the free stuff i'm like dude this is this is amazing they're like yeah they just send it i'm like Sign. Where do I sign? I want all the free stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so much random stuff. Yeah. That you get around a uh, around a radio station for sure. All right, man. Thank you so much for being here. I got to run the ad uh, for Manscaped. Thank you so much for doing this. You want to tell them where they can find the uh, show and where they can find you? That's right. Yeah. Eight fifty ESPN Cleveland Monday through Friday. The next level. You can stream us at ESPN Cleveland dot uh, com on ESPN dot com too. Actually. Um, Excuse me. And on Saturdays, you can catch me anywhere between four and 10 o'clock at night, just depending <laughs> on what's going on uh, on ESPN radio doing primetime. Um, and follow me on Twitter, Eddie Goldie 80. Thank you so much. That's Emmett Golden. And that was the uh, podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Quickly, the Into the Woods podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Yes. Support for this show. Is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job over there in the UK. I know you Brits, Irish, uh, I'm going to mess it up. I don't know who else. Is it? uh, I don't know. Okay, the UK. Okay, you could be the first men in England to experience. Is the UK not? Okay, whatever to experience their life-changing products. Uh, Listen, shaving your balls and your, you know, undergarments area, undercarriage area is not easy, especially when you're using a razor and you got razor burn. It's gross, fellas. Okay, we know it's gross. Okay, You, you bleed a little bit. It's gross. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. No grooming accidents. I've used this thing. It's perfect. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. You can shave the whole body if you want to. Underarms, chest, stomach, and, of course, the family jewels. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Easy, seamless in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Now, when I tell you about this, the LED light sounds silly. You're never going to use it in the dark, Ryan. Ryan, I'm not going to use it in the dark. You don't understand. You need the trimmer. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor 
Now, that sounds intense, doesn't it? Well, it is, because it has quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code INTO, I-N-T-O, at manscaped.com. Make your testies your besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code INTO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the f- and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code INTO. Your balls will thank you. 